So yeah, the the um, last time we spoke, I believe it was at uh, Shucks, right? Uh, with the uh, yeah with the online convention, which was very very fun. Ah, glad uh, you enjoyed it. Thank you. So thank you for having me for that. Like, it feels good to play board games with people online. Like I have been doing it with my friends, but it's just nice to I don't know do it as often as I can. Uh, so I just wanted to say thanks for uh, having me aboard for that. You're quite welcome. Those panels came out really well. I've been kind of in the process of chopping them up to get them on YouTube in the next month or so. Uh, but nice. yeah, the, the uh, Champion of the Wild one was was a lot of fun to just sit in the background and listen <laughs> along to that. Uh, and for uh, listeners who may not be aware, um, uh, both of you are from uh, Shut Up, Sit Down, which uh, I think is... Uh, not I think I it is one of the best uh, board game channels on YouTube for sure. Oh, thank you very uh, much. From a from a from a writing standpoint, from a production standpoint, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Um, and while I while I would like to talk about board games at some point, I'm actually just kind of curious to know about what your interests are outside of gaming. Uh, before we just jump into any of that, so uh, I don't know if either of you would like to. <laughs> start if you would uh what are you into uh outside of the you know the board gaming the even you know just the game general gaming sphere this isn't being recorded right uh well yeah sure it's not (laughs) uh yeah quince you your i think your hobbies have potentially been less impacted uh yeah yeah well i felt really guilty all throughout this year because i'm kind of a a a sort of weird creature that's evolved to stay indoors at all times Mm. so i feel very lucky uh i do a lot of reading i watch a lot of tv and i can do both of those and i can play video games as well and that's like Mm, the the sort of holy trifecta of, of me um so you know the idea of a disaster where i have to stay indoors for a year is like i've been training for this my entire life (laughs) Mm. and so and even now has the fatigue not settled in because i also thought i was equipped (laughs) for this and uh, i found out i'm actually i guess more extroverted than i thought because it turns out i did kind of need after a certain point now how are you still doing pretty good though uh, uh, I think all things considered, I, I I think Matt will give you a very different answer to this to me. But yeah, I'm one of those annoying people who um, I find myself quite nervous about the prospect of life getting back to speed and uh, mm. sort of living living life sort of pre-COVID. Um, sure. I, I've just gotten used to this. I I've, I feel like this is the end of a sort of like grim movie where the credits could roll over <laughs> me, implying that I do this forever now, and that would be fine. Uh, <laughs> Oh God! No, I mean, Matt, yeah. Matt has spent Matt has spent more time in tabletop simulator than I have over the last year, though. So yeah. that, that's really going to sap someone's will to live. I think, like, I had a, oh, a stranger run into the start of it because uh, I, we were more concerned in our household that we were kind of at risk in a bigger way than maybe we were. So we've been more careful mm. over the past year than a lot of people have, and so really, you know, different places have had going inside patches of going inside patches of going outside i've basically just been inside for like a year um and i'm yeah, kind of getting bored yeah. of it now um mm. very much you know we'll come back to board game stuff in a bit but yeah very much getting bored of, of playing things online rather than in person but i'm the same really actually i'm i'm a weird 
I'm a weird one in the fact that I assumed I'd be okay. Like initially I was like, oh, this is fine. Like, and I just sort of knuckled down and just carried on with what I was doing and realized actually a lot of the time I'm quite happy to be just left on my own tinkering around with things indefinitely. Mm. Um, but I started to realize after a while that actually it's like, because prior to this, I'd actually stopped working at home and started renting a desk uh, in a kind of shared working mm. space because I found that mm. working from home was sort of doing my head in a bit. Um, and I now yeah. kind of know why. And it's because it's like, without any distractions, I will just not stop working. <laughs> mm. I just, it's all I do, uh, which is very gotcha. productive. But yeah, but I had a bunch of interesting hobbies before lockdown. And now, um, I mean, I'm becoming very boring, like very boring. The other day. What were your interesting hobbies before the disaster struck? Yeah, I, I was tidying up my, uh, I was tidying up my, sort of room in here the other day and i found my climbing shoes and i was like oh yeah i used to do bouldering quite frequently and it's like yeah now oh, okay. now I, uh, I i repaired the oven the other day uh <laughs> and i got quite excited about going down into the cellar and getting my bags of reusable silica gel and putting them all into the oven for about six to eight hours got very excited by that just to see the quantity of, of liquid and moisture you can cook out of those babies so you can put them back in the box in the cellar with the gamecube keep it toasty and dry <laughs> life's greatest thrills there yeah it's, it's it genuinely interests me now though i've become <laughs> such like i think i'm i'm somebody like one of the many things i've discovered over the past year is that lockdown has led me to discover along with loads of other people who i know that they have adhd but i'm somebody who for whom boredom is death i cannot be bored mm. but my reaction to that is just I've become absolutely fascinated with so much really boring stuff over the past six months because there's just nothing going on. I mean, listen, you got to do what you got to do. I I think for me, um, I I thought I thought I was a Quinz. I really did. I thought, okay. I mean, after, uh, in the beginning, we had no idea what was also how long this was going to last, right? So I was like, okay, a month, <laughs> easy. Two months, sure. <laughs> and then it just sort of went on and on and on. And uh, I'm the type of person where. Just this will give you a lot of information about me. I have this whole Word document where, and I've said I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but you two are not familiar with the freakishness of my personality. Uh, it's like a thing where I have to like watch or play a video game once a, a new video game once a month, play do this once a month, like watch a new show once a month, and that's like my sort of that's what keeps me motivated <laughs> is hitting my goals for the year. Uh, and I found myself finishing the year's goals. In about a couple months, and I was like, "Fuck!" Now what? <laughs> uh, so uh, that's when it was. I was like, "Oh shit! No, this is a marathon, and I really need to like think about how am I gonna go through all this." Uh, especially because you know, um, uh, for me, you know, board gaming was a huge part of what I was doing pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. Like I uh, and. I have not. I've actually only played Tabletop Simulator once, and it, it was all right. Uh, I've actually been finding the most success with Board Game Arena. I don't know if you two have dabbled. Yeah, that, that's my favorite as well. It's. I don't know. The. I mean, yeah, you don't get the sort of uh, obvious feel of like you know moving shit around and stuff, but the interface and just also teaching new people how to play is just. I don't. I cannot. Tabletop is. It's like if I have to like think about how to click a fucking card, it, it, it's so much <laughs> trouble in tabletop. Whereas in in board game arena, this is elegant, and yeah, you're gonna lose a little bit of you know the experience. But for me, I'd rather have 
uh, intuitive, you know, just easy to use interface for especially for newcomers than oh tabletop completely um we we also landed on the this the conclusion that board game arena is the best even though it's just a website that sort of runs Mm. ugly games for you but i will say that um fiddling in tabletop simulator and especially playing with um, matt and tom who have been streaming a lot of board games uh using it um there is a kind of nice cyborg nature that you can get into with tabletop simulator like for example you don't click and drag cubes if you like gain a cube you don't drag a cube all across the table you control c control v and you like duplicate and delete Mm. components and if you're us you enlarge and shrink components for comedic effect once you get the (laughs) hotkeys in tabletop simulator down i'm not going to say it's it's well it is less bad and it is more fun i'm definitely Mm -hmm. in the stockholm syndrome uh part now for for tabletop simulator i've I've become really familiar with how to use it and all the keyboard shortcuts and how to kind of whip around it quite quickly and i still don't like it very much but it, it has charmed mm. me it's just it does a really bad job of being a replacement for board games and being a replacement yeah. for a physical space uh sure. so in a way i guess i was thinking about this the other day actually i was thinking in a way it's like it's kind of like tabletop simulator in the same way that like goat simulator is a game about you know it's like it's not it's bonkers like the (laughs) the way you do everything in that is insane like the fact that it makes kind of sense to just quickly whip around the table and shuffle everyone's cards just for the hell of it because you can why not and no one would mind (laughs) that can you imagine leaning over and shuffling someone's deck in real life it would just be yeah so i don't know like there's a lot about it which is um strange and kind of lovable but the thing i'm finding and it sounds like it might be similar for you is that for me in a way, like board games are quite therapeutic. They're, they're a way I slow mm. my brain down. They're a way I stop myself from looking at my phone and doing things. And like, there's definitely sure. been times when I've been playing board games with Quinns and I've like kind of still been in super speedy brain mode and been checking my phone. And he's had to be like, hey, hey, what you like, can you put your phone away? <laughs> like, we're playing a game. Ooh. And well, I know that's. I have no memory of, of doing that, but that does sound like the kind of asshole behavior that i would no do. No, no 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 not at I'm, all like I'm an, I, if that's asshole behavior i'm an asshole because uh for me it's like no phones not no phones but you know what i mean like keep unless it's an emergency well the thing I'm about the same, phones, though. I'm the same. Yeah. phones do mm-hmm. have like I, I i will get really boring about this but phones do have a kind of toxic energy where even if someone else is checking their phone and i'm trying to have a phone's free time we don't yet have mm. like the words for this as a society, but there is a kind of bleed of that anxiety and onlineness mm. that comes yes. out of your phone, even if I can't see the screen. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And it's just, it, and also it's like divided attention, right? It's like you know, yeah. you you if you're on your phone, you know, uh, 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 this is not like a call out, man. Like, how dare you use your phone in this one? Anecdote? I'm cancelled. No, no, I'm, I'm just... done. You know, like <laughs> you're roast. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you for using my phone. No, I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I um I I just has a you know very I, I, you know kindly but firmly at a if I have a board game you know meetup or whatever it's like hey you know if I if someone takes out a phone I'm like maybe like the first time I'm like oh that's okay you just check but if they if if uh, there's a difference between checking a text and you know actively like scrolling or looking I'm like hey hey just let's let's just focus on the game you know i get and like I've, uh, never, yeah. I've never i've never had anybody go like be like offended or everyone's like oh yeah sure like you know i think it's just once everyone's kind of on the same page about yeah let's all just sort of you know join in the experience together and just kind of you know 
be in this moment, which sounds very fucking like I'm a grandpa, but uh, but you know, you guys know what I'm talking about. Oh no, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Live in live in the moment. Yeah, you know, it's you know, it for me it makes the experience that much better. And also, I don't have to explain like the same role ten fucking yeah, times. Yeah, I mean that's so it. It's like, it's like <laughs> you know, I just think everyone arrives. I get this big bowl and say, everyone put your mobile phone in this bowl, and then mm. everyone take a different mobile phone. And then, no, it's it's. And then you got you got two minutes, to, <laughs> two minutes to do whatever you want, do whatever you want. It's it's actually yeah. for my own good. It's like I, I do get annoyed as well when I'm playing games and someone's checking in the phone. But I kind of, mm. I kind of get why they're doing it in a way. It's it's usually if they're checking their phone because they're bored. It's like get what are you doing, get the hell out, like well, just go away. But for me, sure. it's like I know that it's like my brain and the internet just interlink in a way that I I want that kind of constant feedback. And if there's a gap. In, in the mm. moment where there's not something interesting happening, if my brain is going at the wrong speed, I will just be immediately on like looking at Twitter, looking at something, looking at things. And it's like, actually, like for me, the reason I'm playing board games in the first place is to try and like put the brakes on and actually have something where it's like slow down and do something at sure, a, more, a less sure. computery pace. So right, right. the thing I find a lot with playing on tabletop simulator stuff, because you don't have that social contract being policed, I my, my I get so distracted, like <laughs> like sitting around a table and having somebody explain how to play a game to you, like in real life, and teach you a game and pointing at the components and showing you the cards. That's really engaging, right? But having yeah, to just yeah. look at this static screen while somebody explains rules to you, it's so easy just to find your mind wandering. And uh, I feel like I'm just really rude a lot of the time, like because I'm just I'm not able to focus. I can't give like tabletop simulator or any of these things um apart from maybe board game arena because it's crunchy and fast enough my kind of complete tension mm, it, my mind okay. just wanders off and i'm really missing that kind yeah. of <coughs> absolute focus in wooden sheep or something gotcha, i'll tell you gotcha. one thing that the industry is kind of missing that this year has made clear like over the last 12 months you know shut up it down doesn't usually cover one player board games but we have this year and it's cool and turns out there's lots of you know especially today most board games people might not mm. know this but um if a board game has a one-player mode included some publishers say that that increases sales as much as 20 or 25 percent um, wow which really? is, yeah it's bonkers okay. but yeah if you, it's why every kickstarter board game has a one-player mode now it doesn't matter if it's good okay. because you know that's yeah. not the point with kickstarter but as long as you have it yeah as long as you have it that'll increase sales because people a lot of people out there play games one player and that's cool but sure, what sure. this year has shown me is that while there's a wealth of really good one-player games, Matt did a lovely review of a game called Under Falling Skies that I'd encourage people to check out. Um, also, mm. I shut up with down. There was a review of a wonderful one-player RPG called Thousand-Year-Old Vampire. Goodness me. Mm. Someone, did you know there are single-player role-playing games? I did not know this, no. Oh, it's it's a whole world, yeah. If, and Damn. Yeah, I'd encourage anyone. I'm not trying to plug myself. I just want more people to know about Thousand-Year-Old Vampire because it's such a fun thing to do in, to do in lockdown. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing that I've really felt this, like, that COVID landed and we were not prepared for is, like, I wish more games were designed for, like, basically play by email. Because that's a great feature of Board Game mm. Arena where, you know, you can take as long as you want in your turn. And then, especially, like, some games, if you pick the right one on Board Game Arena, don't even have many turns, but the turns are very thought-provoking. So, sure, you know, play by email is great. But not many games are designed to be played by email. Not many games are designed, you know, with, with that in mind, those design constraints, and I would love to see more games like that. That would have been such a nice thing to have this year. I don't think we were able to plan in advance for the demand of that, but I see where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I know that, that that is, that is, I have actually never tried um, playing by email. Uh, 
it oh, sounds it's interesting. I mean, so the the game that I would point everyone towards, which is an, a very weird online game, is called Solium Infernum. Um, it's a PC game first and foremost, but all the players are lords of hell. Um, you know, mm. sort of, and you're trying to take territory and you're casting spells at each other. But because that game is designed to be played literally by email in that case, but what I'm talking about is you know remote play where turns might take days apart might happen days apart mm -hmm. you can do so much cool and interesting stuff to do with like really giving players hours to think about their moves oh okay i yeah. see lots of uh... no that's cool I, I, I two friends of mine were um they were doing that with uh twilight imperium Oh, or not wow. Twilight Imperium. Twilight Struggle. Oh, okay, Twilight yes. Struggle. Yes. Yeah, no, that's... No, God, not Imperium. Struggle. Uh, <laughs> yeah, too the, much uh, time with Imperium, you lose your mind. <laughs> God, can you imagine? Yeah, no, Twilight Struggle, they were, they were playing a one-on-one -on -one, uh, sort of match. Of, well, you can only play one-on-one. -on -one, a match of that, and uh, yeah, that's... Uh, that is interesting. I, I might have to give that a shot with... Is, is there, like, a board game that you think is a good fit for that Ooh, we uh, were talking about playing i mean city of the big shoulders is very dry but we were talking about doing that uh mm. sort of i ended up. up playing quite a lot of terra mystica on board game arena with strangers on a kind of asynchronous basis of just like logging in every day and having a few games and just playing a move that works quite well for just because it's such an abstract strategy game that you can literally just be sat in front of a table and go, okay, well, what's going on? Okay, well, this is the best move. Okay, done. Next move. Sure, sure. Speaking of Board Game Arena, I, uh, again, this will give you a lot of insight into who I am. Um, a goal that I have for myself for COVID is to play every game on the website at least once. What? Yeah. This, I mean, how many are there? Uh, do you want to know how many I have left? Yeah. Take a guess. Take a guess how many I have left. Can we know how many there the... were? So let's take a look. Uh, considering they've they keep adding games, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, let me take a look here at how many roughly didn't, games. There didn't Board Game Arena announce in December that they were going to do a new game every day? Because that would be. Uh, although we're going to release a new game every day, I think because that must have been such a fun out. thing for you to be like, oh, I was so close. Oh no no! I keep I take into account new games that are released. Uh, let's see, all games. Let's see. This is about. I'm just sort of giving you a rough estimate as I'm scrolling down here. Let's say over, around two hundred something games, uh, different games on the website. All right, oh, I that's think, a rough, very I rough estimate. I think you've estimate. got thirty four left. Uh, okay. Were you going to say thirty four? Is that I was going to I was going to say fifty, but. I mean, on the one hand, mm. you know, like you, I definitely, you know, think that someone has has, a, has smashed this. On the other hand, I know that there's a lot of dross on Board Game Arena <laughs> that no one would ever want to play. So maybe oh, I'll may listen. There is maybe yeah. I'll maybe I'll go sixty then. I think you have sixty games left to play. Mm. Twenty-two. Oh. Uh, twenty-two games left. Uh, you were close, Matt. Actually, but uh, not bad. What you discovered? You got to tell us all about these games. Oh, listen, I've I've even considered maybe doing a whole video on just like what are the best game, new games, worst games. Let me go over. Uh, let me. <laughs> oh, you must. I, I don't. I don't. I, well, I don't. I don't like to shit on games, but I'll shit on a game. Uh, one of the <laughs> most miserable games on the website. Oh, well, let me let me find. Uh, is it beloved? Is it here. beloved? Oh, I hope what it's is beloved. Be I don't, 
I don't think Beloved is on the site. What's Beloved? <laughs> no, I just mean like, is it a game that like people really? Oh, love? oh, game that is. I was like, that sounds. I was like, that sounds like a title of a game. Okay, it does, no, no, no. It does. Uh, Runner oh, no, this Beloved. Is... You've never played it. Oh. <laughs> a lot of auctioning. Uh, let's see. I. Uh... Ooh, what was this game called? And I feel bad because I don't think because a lot of games on the site that are bad are like. Um, you know, like barely any people have played it. It's just kind of like, hey, they kind of self-publish it and threw it on there. Um, but there was a game. Oh, yes, it was Ice Cold Ice Hockey. Uh, um, I don't know, are you? Are, do you know this game? Do you know what this is? Um, no, I can't say we've had the pleasure. Okay, well, never play it. It's a it's a <laughs> two-player game where you're uh, playing quote unquote hockey with cards, and you're just Hitting a puck back and forth. It's like you play a card and the puck moves like moves towards a goal. I'm into it so far. Every time you take a shot, you roll a die and it never gets in the goal ever. Uh, The odds are extremely are extremely unfair, and it it's like all you can do all the little passing and all the things you want. It's not going to matter if the die is like a fucking one out of twenty roll (laughs) to get in the goal. It was. I, no joke, fell asleep, like, in the middle of playing it, and I had to wake my, I was like, oh, sh- shit, like, because he was like, are you, it's your turn? I was like, yep, it's my turn. Uh, that was very bad. Um, so you playing these with friends or with strangers? Friends. Uh, I, I, there are a couple of friends who are game for, like, you know what? Uh, you know, <laughs> they're, 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 yeah. they'll, they'll play, and they'll play anything, <laughs> like, you know, they know that some of these are really bad, and that's kind of part of the fun of it, right? It's like let's let's discuss, let's open up this game and and see if it's any good. Like especially if it's something we never heard. Of. Let me you know let me be a little more positive. Let me scroll through here and find some stuff that was that was like surprisingly like good or like I never heard of this. And well, I'm seeing a lot of bad ones. Okay, uh, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't shit on some of these games because they're like no one's played them. It's like it's like punching really really down. You know, like it's like yeah, that's that's kind of where we end up with a lot of this stuff. Is it's like yeah, there's a game you've never heard of. It's bad. It's (laughs) It's bad. It means no one's played it, and now we're gonna make sure no one plays it. It's like literally everyone else in the world goes okay. It doesn't doesn't really mean anything to me apart from maybe the designer who just gets really upset. And it's like, what's the point? (laughs) (laughs) It's like oh oh yeah okay. Matt, Um, what was that um, uh, ice hockey game that you tried last year, and we might try and get some more coverage on this it's called trick shot or slap shot or yes something. i think trick shot it's by the people who make the uh, the mowbray styled board game with the atlantis yeah the, the name i can never remember because it's slightly generic i will google this because i want to get some uh, some posi- ice hockey positivity mm, sure and <laughs> i would love to hear about a good ice hockey game it's very yeah. hot this year yeah it's called trick shot and it looks cool and it's pretty it is cool and it's kind of it reminded me a little bit of um kind of ice hockey <laughs> i was gonna say blood. <laughs> i was gonna say blood bowl but i'm like well blood bowl is technically you know i'm not really big on sports um mm, but no okay. it had a nice flow to it. it had a nice flow to it I actually kind of had a sense of like uh having players that had different roles and like actually you know having mm. players that shut them down and um really nice miniatures as well yeah no i thought it was cool. pretty neat that was one of my one of my pre-virus games yeah, playing a good hockey game, I think, could sort of uh, cleanse my palate. Here's a game that I was like, 
I didn't know anything about it, and I thought it was very cute. It's called Illustory. Have you heard of this? No. It's a uh, Japanese design, um, and you, are you familiar with the word that word chain game? Uh, is it called? Shiratori? Oh, that old thing yeah, with where it's like play with the cards. Uh, wait, 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 wait! No, 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 no! Uh, it's it's a word game where it's like in Japan, and uh, you say a word, and then the next word has to start with the end of the previous word. You know that sort of game. But oh, if gotcha. you But if you end in that game, if you end with like a n sound, it ends or whatever. So Illustory is just like uh, very cute, like sort of art cards, and you all you're doing is you're playing a card and you're saying a phrase or a word or whatever. So it could be like. If you're boring, let's say just has a boy, you could say boy or whatever. So then the next card you, the next card the next player plays has to start with either an O or a Y. But the fun of it is just making bullshit reasons for why this card works as an O. Like so, be like like a boy with an angry face. You could make up some like description for the card that starts with an O to justify you playing the card, and everybody votes on it whether it's like bullshit or not. <laughs> uh, it's very, it's very cute, very funny, just very simple concept. The art is great. Um, and is this, on, this is on board game arena. This is on board game arena. Like I'd say, the only thing is there's not that many cards. So if you play it, you know I've played it a couple times, and you start to see the same cards. But what's funny is like uh, if you play it just like the generic way of like if it says pizza, you just write pizza. Nobody likes that. Like that's not why it's fun. It's like how can I take this and make everybody laugh? Right, or at least make like make this creative or whatever instead of just going for what's literally I on the do card. Do like games or any games where where the the idea is basically just trying to get away with something that you yeah. probably shouldn't be able to get away with and convincing everyone that it's okay. One of my favorite kind of made up games I ever played was with my brother, one of his friends, years ago. Where we played, we played Rude Scrabble. Where Rude Scrabble, the only rule was you could only play a word if it sounded rude. And it meant, <laughs> it meant that you could play made up words. Like you could okay. you didn't have to play real words. It's just that you'd have to play a word and then and then if people were like, nah, then you'd have to convince them why it was rude. Do or you like, have an example? I I, love... Honestly, it was such a long time ago. We're talking like 15 mm. years. I have no example. But it gotcha. might be that you might you might have a word like scrumble. And you might be like, oh, <laughs> scrumble. You can have a scrumble around. Man, if you, you have do that Cockney me. accent, everything sounds rude. <laughs> and you should have a bit of a scrumble. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty great. Look at that. Um, we could just we should record the whole podcast like this. Just to... Yeah, yeah, just yeah, just yeah, go yeah, about yeah, like yeah. this. Do be, we'll have a bit of a scrumble with the lads. Yeah. You know what game the, There are two games on the site That you know I said at the top of this We were going to talk about board games And then I'm mean, just I, it, We it, can it, still turn the car around No you know, no, no let's, let's, let's keep going books. for now I like I, silica I, bags you know, I, oh, oh, I mean, with the, we could do, go back to silica bags, but um, oh, do you want to talk about moisture? Because yeah. I can talk about. No, I'm serious. <laughs> I, uh, I currently yeah. have. Okay, you know the crystals in those silica bags. Yeah. Um, I I've bought a sack of those, um, and not not just for fun either. I to deal with the damp problem in my flat, sure. I have had to put deposits like sort of caches of these silica crystals in every corner of every cupboard in my 
in my flat wow. to, keep, to to prevent them because the build the building is is like uh what like 25 stories tall and mm. increasingly wet sure and i don't like water is getting into it more and more water every every day and uh, and one day it might fall down but mm. no, but me and my silica crystals are standing in the way of that happening i was just like is this some kind of like fucking is this a thing in your country with silica like why why are you both like it was just is this <laughs> well, we have to prop up the you... silica industry yeah. <laughs> i see i see uh, no, just, England is is really damp. Though. It's really damp. Yeah, mm. you know. So like, Quinns lives in a in a, a fish tank basically, um, with a beautiful <laughs> view. Whereas I just have like a little cellar space underground where I can keep things. But it got real flooded a few years ago, and some electronics got real busted. So I kind of went a bit like crazy on the let's keep things dry. Um, but yeah, no, we get quite excited about really really dull things. Um, and it's hard to get it out of your system when you just live with like your other half because my wife doesn't want to hear me talk about the things <laughs> that I'm interested in. So sure. they just sort of bubble up in you and you end up becoming a terrifying enthusiast of quite dull stuff. And like buying a power drill and being like, oh, I love this power drill. I mean, uh, it's... someone, what are some boring things that you like? Because that's really, if you've got Matt and I on a podcast together, if you want some real <sighs> niche conversations, that's, that's the area we should be talking about. So interesting. No, uh, let's see. I Boring things? Mm, I mean, I don't know. I You're just too interesting. That's no, it's just, uh, it's more like, you know, every, uh, if it's it almost circles back like everybody like plays a video game like everybody like that's almost boring amongst like nerdy people or like um so I I don't like what is something I genuine that's genuinely not interesting you know on, on the subject of this not to drag it back to board games but when I'm asking you about your favorite things there is a, a Japanese card game called my favorite things which I'm mm. desperate to get picked up by a publisher because it's got the best hook ever what is basically a super simple it's a super simple card game like uh, uh, where you've got cards that the way the game works you've got six cards in your hand numbered one to six and then you play what's called a trick-taking game which is basically if somebody plays a you know a, the highest number into the cards on the table, then you take all the cards. But mm. rather than using the numbers, the numbers are actually covered up. And before the game starts, everyone picks their favorite thing. So if I were to ask you two, what is your favorite category of thing? Matt, what would you say? Machines. Okay, Matt has chosen <laughs> machines. Mm. And someone? Use any category of anything. Yes. What's your favorite uh, thing? Junk food. What jumps at your head? Oh, just junk ju- food. Junk okay, food. junk food. Great. Yeah. So Matt would then take these six cards and write his six favorite machines oh, and then gosh. cover up the number. And someone would write down uh, six favorite junk foods. But then we'd all pass our hands of cards around. Oh. So I, I might receive Matt's cards and I'm looking at six machines. And I then, in order to play the game well, have to guess what order they are in Matt's head. Oh, that's um, great. Okay. And then only after you play the game and you you do you reveal, you know, like what everything is and stuff. Yeah, it's absolutely awesome. Came in a beautiful tiny box in Japan and I'm just waiting for a Western publisher to pick it up and, and do a big print run so we can cover it. Uh, you know, I want to get all the board games out of my system, but and I, I and so but before let me answer your question. Okay, what's something that no one else finds interesting? I, you know, COVID has sort of like, you know, made me realize things about myself and one thing i did get one thing i have is a a lot of encyclopedic knowledge about different dumb things and uh uh, lego 
I don't know how, okay. how familiar you are with Legos. Like, I mean, I know you. I'm sure you know what Legos are, but I have like very specific knowledge about like different themes and sets of when you know, and uh, even like I could talk about pieces, you know, like to that level of um, boringness. And I, I what would, is the worst Lego piece? <sighs> That's an easy question. Come on, give him a harder one. Uh, the worst, no, 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 let me, let me think about it. The worst Lego piece, um, you know, this isn't, this isn't like a great answer, but one of, one of the most annoying pieces is the, the one by one flat. It's just, oh, good answer. Once you, once you put it on something, it's almost impossible um, to take off. What was your answer? I'm not an expert, but I was going to say like the, I I was going to say the long little flat one, but I guess it would be called a two by one flat. Which is pretty like because I just remember those and you're like, oh, what's the, what's the? They they're just purely, you know, style and fashion over function. The well, idea of having a Lego piece that you put on something, which then prevents you from putting any more Lego pieces on it, to me, is the, <laughs> the it's antithesis like, it's, of what Lego's about. Yeah, it's like the death of creativity in yeah, it's a like, small that's piece it. of plastic. But just Stop. imagine the nightmare. The nightmare. You've got one. You got like the floor of a Lego thing. And you have to you put a little one by one flat in the middle, and then you have to take it off. That's a nightmare. You know, yeah. you describing that has created a sense memory of me getting those Lego pieces underneath my fingernail when yep. I was a kid, mm-hmm. and uh, and it, it really hurting. So I have encyclo- an encyclopedic. Not I wouldn't say encyclopedic, but I can talk about that for a long period of time. And I only have like one other friend. Uh, Who's actually editing this? Uh, what up, Jay? Uh, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I know, we're losers. Um, so I, I would say that'd be my answer. Uh, I also, I've never met anyone who can like, who I can like, uh, uh, sort of relate to on this level. Uh, are you familiar with Sesame Street? Uh, yeah. So uh, you know how some people have like encyclopedic knowledge about the Muppets. I have encyclopedic knowledge about Sesame Street because as a kid, I grew up with a lot of the 80s, 90s, like tapes and books and whatever. And so I have this weird, very like, like a lot of knowledge about it that never comes up because no one remembers (laughs) any of that. Uh, If it were the Muppets, I would have more to talk about. Um, So I, I would say maybe that might qualify for your for your question. That's good. That's good. I mean, so, yeah. No, why choose the Muppets? You know, the the for all ages when you can choose Sesame Street. The, uh, the I mean, that's definitely a, a way to to have a really niche interest is pick something for kids and then learn about it in a way that only adults can. Well, no, you can't really choose. I don't. Let me stress this. I don't study Sesame Street lore. Now it sounds like you study it. it no, 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 like no, 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 no. It was. It's more that it got ingrained <laughs> in my head. It's like it's stuck in my head. I mean, I don't know if you know this about me, but uh, uh, like Disney's Peter Pan, I I literally can quote the entire thing from start to finish. I've seen people say this online. I've seen the the you know the tweet going around like, oh, name a movie you can quote from start to finish, and I'm like, what? I mean, like as a kid, I watched Terminator Two easily eight or nine times, but the idea of being able to quote it is truly not to toot my own horn, but. I can I can also dis- I can also do the music cues and I can describe what's going on on screen like uh, if you if- <laughs> so you could 
in the event of a power cut, do the entire movie for your for for some friends or victims who happen to be present. I there's video evidence of me. I've done it twice on YouTube now. Uh, <laughs> oh. feel, feel feel free to look this up if you want afterwards. Like uh, they don't tell me what scene. They just pull up a random scene, and then I act out the video in before it actually plays. So like I say everything before the line hits. I can I'm not looking at the screen. I I'd say right here is when this character goes into the sh- like you know it's very frightening. Uh, so that's a party trick. As far that's a party trick. It actually, yeah, like there. It's funny. I think that first video was like we were playing. I was playing Everdell for the first time, and we were just setting up. And then Peter Pan came up, and I was like, "Oh, by the way, like my wife already knew this, but my friend was." I, we, I was like, "Oh, by the way, did you know I can like." quote that from any at any point like i can i know that entire movie they're like no way i was like pull up any scene right now <laughs> and then she decided to record it and then that's it just sort of turned into that and now it's this embarrassing thing that everybody knows about me um so i will say with sesame street lore i have not studied sesame street lore it's <laughs> just sesame street it's, lore. it's just stuck in my head <laughs> while now. you were studying the blade i was <laughs> studying I studied the Grouch. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was I was really fond of Elmo as a kid. My first email address was like Elmo nine 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 at yahoo.co.uk <laughs> when I was on Yahoo Chat before I messed you. I, I was like I really loved Elmo until mm. it was like until well past it was it was kind of cool for a child to like Elmo. I was must have been in my early teenagers years and I was still like yeah Elmo's great and I'm kind <laughs> of disappointed in myself that I ever stop thinking that i definitely went through a phase it was like whatever but now now as an adult i'm like yeah elmo's great he's just a, a little red ball of endless positivity well i think that happens with a lot of things like uh uh in in middle school uh a lot of people will be like what's that stupid thing i don't, I don't know what that is like pokemon or something like that. for uh people my age it's like pokemon well, that was dumb and then when like a college circle around it's like yeah i fucking love pokemon it's like a thing where you know you you think you think it's embarrassing to like things uh when you're in uh, middle school or uh age and then you just circle back you know actually liking things is fine <laughs> in fact like i just are cool um, my whole childhood as someone who played like tons and tons of video games was lucky enough i should say to play a load of video games um when i was a kid mm. uh, i was a big geek and i always felt so absolutely heartbroken when i would come into school and all the kids suddenly for like that you know one day of the year everyone had got a video game and they were all playing it and talking about it but it was never one that i had played so pokemon mm. that was a big one i see all the kids were suddenly playing pokemon and i was like Oh, video game! I can do this. Oh no, no, I can't. And I was still a loser because I was playing like whatever import JRPG while everyone else was getting into. What were Pokemon. you playing at the time that oh, people God. were playing Pokemon? I, we got my SNES chipped so that I could play oh, um, American games because America got all of the um, JRPGs before. Oh wow! Europe. I mean, you had it made like, then. Like I didn't get a chance to play all of that stuff until emulation. I never had a SNES, so I just I, in my early teens just went bonkers and basically played. And completed every and any SNES RPG that was good. Um, mm, mm. Uh, but yeah, my Pokemon thing was like a bit like an alternate reality thing. And the fact that I just happened to be, I lived up in the north of England and I happened to be visiting Guildford where I grew up. And I went back and I went to game randomly and they just had Pokemon in there. And I was like, oh, my friend had mentioned it was in a magazine and he said it was going to be good. So I was like, oh. So I grabbed a copy and I told him I had it. And 
And then he was like, what the hell? Get me one as well. So I had to like get all of my money together as a child to like get a second <laughs> copy and borrow some money from my mum so I could do it. But then I went back and it was like, yeah, it was just an incredible game. But there was this really weird thing where the store had clearly just imported some from America or something because it then just wasn't available for like a year. And it was this really weird thing of playing this game and becoming addicted to this game and no one, literally no one else was playing it. Until eventually like a child down the road got it and wanted to fight me and I just got out my level 100 Charizard and stood there very blithely (laughs) as I just crushed a child's dreams with a link. I've realised that we should probably clarify for for the good folks listening to this that when we were young, Europe received all video games something like, what was it, like nine months after America? At least. Mm, At least. Like, it was bonkers. Like, just so unfair. Like, (laughs) America was nine months into the future of video games at all times. Yeah. I'm still angry yeah. and about like, that. And even when at one point I think they made it so like console launches would happen around the same time, but then it would just... You didn't that, like, get any games? Oh, it just shit. meant there were like hardly any games for like ages. And that's already kind of a problem with the console launches anyway. Like you have like five games. You guys had like nothing then. I was like, enjoy your DVD player. Uh, enjoy yeah, your had, mysterious platform game made in france where the protagonist is a topless blob yeah <laughs> in a way it was quite cool though because it meant like you did have this shared experience at least um and the fact that like there were so few games to play that you really did rinse the ones you had and everyone had played the same ones um mm. and it meant you have this like really weird cultural fondness for games that weren't that good but everyone thought they were just because there was nothing else mm. the n64 i think was prime for that like Everyone, well, not everyone, but a lot of people remember Shadows of the Empire on the N64, which by all accounts was a really quite shit game. But (laughs) the first level of it, where you got to do the the Hoth thing and fly around an 8080 and make it crash, was brilliant. So Mm. the amount of people I knew who had that game, which cost like, probably in today's money, like £100, and would just play the first level... um, yeah, we were, we were suckers, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it'd be like, you know, you'd save up all your money and you would like, okay, buy a game, hope it's good, because if not, you're not getting another game for a while, probably. Uh, and you just sort of treasured the games that you, you sort of managed to get your hands on. Um, now, I'm just going to come out and ask this. Uh, I'm, I'm getting the... Uh, are either of you, uh, how, how you say, fucking weebs? Are you? Are, are you <laughs> I'm getting the uh, maybe the sense. I, I don't know. Am I wrong here? What's a weeb? Is that a is we- that just a- Quinn's knows <laughs> what it is. Are you? So you're a weeb. So you're a weeb well, then. Matt, a weeb is a short for weeaboo. Is a uh, I, I hope I get this right. Someone I've seen who the word, is, but yeah. A, 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 unfashionably obsessed with uh is it japan or, or, or uh i would Asia? i would say uh like, like if you're an- really into K-pop i would say definitely like anime anime like anime okay. manga uh japanese ah. video games yeah that sort of thing uh, well we can all talk we can all talk anime because matt and i are both fans but uh in terms of uh my uh sort of experience with japan i did spend a few months in japan trying to relocate my entire games writing career over there mm. and learn japanese turns out I, I failed at learning japanese and i failed at getting any work while i was over there mm. so i was very very lonely came home i see uh, <laughs> That so is, that, no, that, that, that's big weeb energy there. So uh, before we jump in, <laughs> I, I just, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say I, I noticed 
Quinn's your your Twitter avatar, and I was like, hmm. oh yeah, do you, I mean I presumably you know what it's from? Uh, Fooly Cooly, correct? Yes, yes, yes that yes, is a so. reference between uh, me and my wife because uh, you know uh, now uh, what was it Nauta? That's the oh, yeah, uh, I forget I forget the name, but. Uh, but yes, him drinking that sour drink, trying to become a man, is uh, is like got strong young Quinn's energy. Um, yeah, fully, fully, weirdly, I got into Fully Cooly before I watched Neon Genesis Evangelion. Uh, my mm. wife had to be like, "This is this is ridiculous. You need to sit down and watch this." And I did, and it was good to fine, depending on the episode. And but yeah, Fully Cooly is just is just genius. I find a lot of the art that I really really adore has lots to say, but is nonetheless really funny when it says it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one for that. Uh, Matt, are, are you are you a, an anime an anime fan? I kind of yeah, well? like I've kind of got a bit of a full circle. When I was younger, I used to like play like all of the JRPG stuff and and really consume a ton of the video game side of things. Never mm. really the anime. Then as I got older, I got a little bit fed up with the with the kind of uh, constant um fan service creepiness in that stuff especially mm. video games where i just be like oh i'm not in the mood for this now i just want to sure. play a good game um and now i'm gotten quite into some anime over the past couple of years and i'm now willing to put up with a bit of that nonsense uh in exchange well, if you watch for if you watch really good anime stories if you watch good anime there's less of that nonsense but i would oh no to- exactly like I would love to hear so some I've of been, your, what have you been watching? Uh, both of you. I've been or, watching, or watch, or, yeah. I liked on Netflix, is it Dodo Di Dodo Di Dodo Di Dodo Yeah, I, I really it. enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. I need I enjoyed to watch that it. I've read the first volume of the manga, but I haven't seen it yet. Uh, it was it looks a lot great. of fun. Very stylish. It's got just a great soundtrack. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I think the first thing I saw was years ago, obviously Cowboy Bebop, and I didn't watch any anime again for years. Uh, a couple of years ago, I got really into Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and just watched uh, all of that in yep. quite a short amount of time and thought that was one of the best things I've ever seen. And that That's was great. kind of one of these things of being like, oh, wow, this is this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, watching a lot of Avatar The Last Airbender. And oh, it's great. What a, I yeah, mean, so good. Yeah, I've actually, weirdly, I'm watching Korra, the sort of sequel series, like, you know, the for the first time now. And... I was really ready to like it as much, if not more, than Avatar. But you know what? I like it less. Even though Aww. I can, even though the action <laughs> I, sequences are just absolutely fabulous. I uh, I watched the first season and wasn't a fan. I I heard it's. Uh, I'm talking about Korra, by the way. Not I like Avatar. Um, although I didn't, I didn't like the first season of Avatar either. But two and three, I thought were fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah. But but Korra, eh, I mean, it's Korra. Uh, um. And oh yeah, the last thing I've been watching is I just kind of caught up with. Um, I think I finished watching the end of series three of Attack on Titan, which is mm. again very enjoyable. Although gotcha. I can understand the plot, I won't go into it, but the plot points it start, starts to raise towards the end. I'm a bit like, are you okay? Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's just this thing of going, oh gosh, I hope you're equipped to deal with what you're about to try and deal with in a good way. Mm. Uh, but. Cool, flying around on strings and stabbing things in the neck. Very exciting. And I really like the way it'll be like, oh, here's someone being literally chewed to death by a giant naked person and then cut to, (laughs) here's a diagram of a horse (laughs) Uh, in between episode breaks. So I've been really enjoying that a lot as well. How about you, Quins? Uh, Was it a sort of you return to anime or have you been a dirty weeb this whole time like because for me it <laughs> watched, never stopped 
So I'm it curious. did stop. Mm. I had breaks. Mm. I watched a lot when I was a teenager, uh, and a games writer called Richard Cobbett used to do these little anime capsule reviews, which would he would watch a season of anime and then he would write a one sentence review. Mm. And he had uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of them, and I used them a lot. That was a really lovely resource. Um, wait, then wait, I kind of fell off. Familiar? Is that a website? Richard Cobbett. Uh, uh, Richard Cobbett now writes for video games. He used to write about them. Um, oh, I see. He's British. Gotcha, um, gotcha. I forget who he's working for at the minute. Um, mm. But he's great. As, uh, <laughs> I almost said as far as I know there. I don't know why I said that. Um, I mean, I guess we we never really know if anyone's... if anyone's not. That's a whole <laughs> different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but when I got uh, together with my wife, uh, she uh, also liked anime and introduced me to some... What series that she considered like essential viewing, and I'm so grateful she did. Uh, Magical Girl Madoka, mm, yeah, yeah, uh, Paranoia Agent, wow, um, few, few other things. Um, that was great. And then this year, I'd say something that's not good, but I'd nonetheless watched and has a sort of crossover appeal between board games and anime. Um, Netflix has a series called uh, Kakaguri uh, Compulsive Gamble. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that one? No, but I have friends who've seen it. That's the, I'm familiar with it, but I have not seen yes. it. Yes. It's, uh, it's very horny it looking. It, oh, it's super horny. <laughs> yeah. the, the the protagonist is a girl who essentially gets aroused when she gambles at a school for gamblers. Sure. Which is kind of a two class school because you go into debt with other students if you lose games with them and then you become their slave. Super randy, mm. um, which is British for horny. Mm. Um, but uh, lots of the episodes are like uh, sort of have tentpole games that are played. Uh, and some, sometimes, but not always, the game, the sort of like, it's a lot of like internal monologues of players going, oh, but if they do this move, then I'll do this. And then someone does a move and he goes, what? But that doesn't make any sense. Mm, yeah. uh, and anyway, sometimes those scenes are some of the best depictions of um, gambling and gaming in an anime I've seen. Oh, I'll tell you what, though. I haven't seen that actual um, modern board game anime. What's it? Oh, Is it you'll are know you, what I'm are talking, you talking about. Are you talking about the one where they play it in a club? Yes, the, it's a bunch of girls. Who yeah, are I haven't, I haven't seen that either. Club. I heard it was okay. Let me hit you with uh, two recommendations, both of you. Um, yep. So, kind of the ready. Um, Kakerugui. Kakerugui. Fuck it. I don't know the name. Kakerugui. <laughs> Kakerugui? Anyway. Kakerugui? I, I, I haven't seen you. I'm going to offer. and I, I'm, I haven't seen it. I'm going to tell you this show is 10 times better. And if you like yep. high stakes gambling, have you seen Kaiji? No. Oh, 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 you're you. Ooh, it's good. So Kaiji. Okay. K a i j i. Uh, it's about imagine high stakes gambling. Uh, as in like you stake your life in the games. Uh, it's a masterful show. It's got two seasons. It's also got a spinoff, which is great. But I would say first watch the first two seasons. And, uh, like, just, um, I'll say, like, the the first little arc is just about a high-stakes gambling thing with rock-paper-scissor cards. And it's it's high-stakes rock-paper-scissors, but it's uh, very well done. And then it just gets more and more bonkers as it goes. Extremely (laughs) high-tension, extremely, like, emotional. Uh, Definitely... I'm sure your partner will. If it seems like they have good taste, from what I'm hearing, with Madoka and um, uh, what else did you? you Paranoia Regent, yeah. They've probably already seen it, uh, Kaiji. Or if not, they've heard of it. And so I would say 
watch that. It's great. Uh, and then um, here's one that's my personal favorite. And I'm all, you know, people on the podcast are like, oh, my God, we know. But for you guys, <laughs> Chihaya Furu. And you know, I'm going to write in the chat. I was going to say, because I'm writing these down, but there's no way I'm going to find anything while Googling them. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's no, not that's, how I would have spelled that at all. No. no. <laughs> uh, Chihaya Furu is about, uh, it's a Japanese um, card game where basically you have, an, okay, every, I, every time I try to explain this, it sounds like the most boring thing. Bear with me. Uh, you have poetry cards in front of you. And, uh, this is what I thought you were talking about ah, earlier. Yeah, the Japanese game is called Karuta. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a very sort of niche, old Japanese game that's... I think because Chihaya Furu has become more popular, but even in Japan it's not was not popular. It was very sort of niche. And it's a game where um, a reader will read a poetry verse, and then you have to hit a card with the, with the sort of the rest of that verse faster than the other person. Uh, it's like a, it's almost like a sports reflex game, and I've seen it played in person. And it's fascinating, but it sounds not interesting at all. It's my favorite anime of all time. It is just heartwarming and extremely exciting to watch, despite the premise. So I would say, especially because hmm. I think you guys are familiar with like games or maybe card games or board games, maybe. So if if these two, I think are essential viewing for anybody but also kakagugui no kaiji listen just just watch kaiji i think i'm thinking now i'm thinking now like this is this is really like i don't read many books because I'm, I'm not very patient but mm. um if you if you've not read it and you're interested in games then i think it's essential reading to read um uh ian m banks the player of games you familiar yes. with that no what is it oh it's so good um it's a science fiction book which really just completely changed the way i looked at games and also other mediums as well um mm. but effectively it's about a chat from a very futuristic culture whereby everyone can live for as long as they want and do whatever they want and they're completely safe and so everyone just lives these leisure lives infinitely um who just is really really good at playing games and has learned how to play all of the different games in the known galaxy and is very good at uh, mm. a lot of them and a champion in a few of them and because of that he basically gets scoped out by the equivalent of the space cia to wait what is the title go... the player of games the player of games okay the gist is he gets basically um convinced to go to the outskirts of the galaxy where they've discovered um, well, outskirts of the universe, where they discovered a new species that they've never really made contact with, where the entire species and their social structure is defined by a game that they play like once every mm. ten years, and how well you do in this game defines exactly where you are in society. And it's about him basically going to this place and playing this game. And uh, oh, it's so good. Yeah. I mean, all of you and, and Banks like sci-fi is pretty great, but that one in particular is uh it's pretty essential for game players i think i love that really fun concept, thing about so i'm i'm, I'm definitely yeah. interested but go ahead sorry 
oh excuse me um the really fun thing about that book is after you've read it if you know someone else has read it you can ask them what the game looks like in their head and i've never encountered two people who say the same thing like everyone has a very clear image because about half the book is describing the games that happen interesting and yet it has enough sort of flex and and abstractness that the image everyone has in their head of what the game is i told someone it was like oh yeah yeah the game board is the size of a warehouse and i was like what (laughs) um interesting oh yeah i thought it was massive yeah i thought it was huge um, I thought it was about the size of like half a tennis court. Huh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. Definitely bigger in I, my brain. Also, the the pieces that um that you pick up and sometimes hold um to me are about nine inches tall and the sh- and shaped like jelly babies. Um, <laughs> I gotta read this. Very specific. I gotta read this damn book. It's it's great. It's, great. it's, it's like it's a little it's a little heavy going straight away because of the fact that it's it's part of his culture series and the thing about the culture series is there's no particular order to it. Well, there is, but you can read any of them in any order. Mm. But the first one you go into is a little bit um, bewildering at first, just because um, it kind of drops you into a universe and it does explain stuff as it goes. Mm. But it's one of those things where the more of them you've read, the easier it is to get into more of them because you're going in with a lot of knowledge I about. See. The different the different factions and groups and stuff like that but it's not like it's not as a writer he's very grounded and mm. well, was very grounded and, and very down to earth so it's quite easy to get into it it's just initially you might just be like what's going on what's the floating robot talking about <laughs> oh, i forgot about the robot the robot's so good yeah the robot's great um yeah it's 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 real good real good uh-huh. and i'm also thinking about because talking about gambling i'm thinking about that uh that terrifying gambling card game we uh, we learned that you did a video on for the card games that don't suck series. Le Bur- oh, Bure. Bure. Oh, that's... Uh, be- God, I, I wish that I had more, like, um, regular 52-card deck card games in my life because feels so cool shuffling and dealing <laughs> cards and what have you got? Oh, you got a king. That's cool. I love cards. No, cards are great. And we like- were playing... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Did you just expire? I, no, sorry. I was just, I was just gonna say, um, we were playing for such low stakes in that game, and it was still terrifying. Like, I, oh yeah. And the game is called it's, what? It's a, it, oh, sorry, it's called uh, Bure. Uh, so that's spelt. I'll put this in Slack like you did. But for the people at home, well, not Slack, um, Discord. But for the people at home, um, it's spelled B O U R R E. But it is a card game that's very popular in the NBA. Um, and I like to joke, it, that's because as soon as you play it, you will realize how baller it is. But um, <laughs> what it is, is that... Base, I'm not going to get into the, the details because that's dull to listen to. But basically, imagine a game like poker where you're trying to win money in a hand. Um, but if you decide that you're in that hand, if you screw up, you don't just win. you don't just fail to win what's in the pot you lose an amount of money equal to the pot. So <laughs> people are used to card games where it's like, oh, uh, you know, you have big pots and small pots. Oh, it's a big pot. I'll go in. Bure is, oh, it's a big pot. So if I go in, I'd better be really sure because it's not just, oh, I might win 20 bucks. It's I could yeah. lose 20 bucks. And then it's it rolls over. So if you have a round where, oh, no, I've lost 20 bucks, the next round is going to be an even bigger pot. <laughs> so uh, I will also say, if you go to the Wikipedia page for this game, I think that it talks about how um, there was one player in the NBA who left a gun in another player's locker <laughs> based on a bure debt. 
that they uh, created uh, while playing against. It's, yeah. it's Great game. terrifying. It's terrifying because it's just you're so used to things like this of being like, oh, I got a pretty good hand this round. Yeah, I'll go in and then putting a bit of money and being in. It's like it's very cheap in that game to get in. It's just that if you don't win <laughs> at least one hand. Then yeah, but as well the fact when people are going round, you think I got a pretty good hand. You go in, and then everyone else goes in as well, and then you're like, well, hang on a minute. There's six of us. There's five hands. I only have to win one hand to not go to bust not and go in. Yeah. But the odds just just go off a cliff. It's it's so good. I really want to. I really want to play this now. Uh, you have. But we were playing with like a bet being like ten p. Sure, like, sure. As an individual thing, like. And it's still like quite quickly got up to being like, oh, I didn't win this round, so I have to put six pounds in now. Like just being like, <laughs> the idea of playing it for like money—that's <laughs> that's, that's like, why it's I'm popular not... in the NBA, I guess. It's just uh, yeah, right? they got the money to spend. Damn. Now before uh, before we kind of finish up, I do like to give uh, 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 the guests sort of like an opportunity. If you have both of you, or either of you have a topic you'd like to bring up. Uh, maybe not moisture again. Maybe not, unless you really want to. <laughs> a topic or a question for me. Uh, I like to give the guests an opportunity to. If not, don't worry about it. I got a few more things. I got like one or two things left that I do want to cover before we uh, wrap up. But if there's anything that comes to mind, obviously no pressure. I mean, I I do have something, but I it's kind of. It, I mean, it's sort of, it, it's a bit dark, but it kind of circles a lot of stuff we've been talking about. So you talked about setting, you like to set yourself goals to sort of, um, to like, to encourage you to participate in your hobbies. Sure. And I've I've already mentioned that, I don't know, that Matt's mentioned, you know, being distracted while playing Tabletopia because he's in a digital space. And I've mentioned not wanting to spend time on my phone. Here's a thing that I, it's, I've just been so aware of during lockdown, mm. which is, it, like Matt says, it's really difficult to open a book and read it. And I have to set myself goals. I have the goal of reading 30 pages of anything mm. a day, which is like, you know, 25, 30 minutes of reading. Or, but usually I get distracted, so it's like 45 minutes sure. or whatever. And yet I find that whenever I actually do that, like I always walk away from that experience happier. Mm. And yet, it's such a fight for me to pick up a book instead of my phone, even though after 30 minutes with my phone, I will be sadder and more angry. Mm. So well, that's good my to know body... that. Because like, I always think that like you're good at reading naturally, and I have the same thing, and I just never persevere. So maybe I should just persevere more. Uh, I think I think oh, you touch on a yeah. very good sort of... I, I always, I'm always telling this to people, whether it's a creative pursuit or just for fun. Like I, I've honestly done this with, like, given this... Not advice, but kind of advice to people, like because it's always worked for me. This is why I set goals for myself because, you know, I think in a, a lot of times, you know, usually you're just kind of like tired and you're like, I don't know what I want to do. Uh, I don't know, I'll just go on YouTube or something. Yeah, I'll just, I don't know, I'll just check Twitter, which is always the worst possible option. So setting goals for yourself, and it's like, okay, it, it, it kind of is a weird sort of like it. It, it sets, um, what do you call it? not discipline, but kind of like a discipline, right? It's like, okay, like, I know I can read this many pages, right? And I know that if I do start doing it, I will enjoy it. So you just sort of uh, set goals for yourself. And it honestly makes things much more uh, accessible. Like, you know, I had a friend who was in a creative rut. I was like, listen, you know, set a realistic goal for yourself, like in a week, like it does not have to be hard at all. Like, I know in, in a week, you can do it, or he knows in a week, or I know, we were like, hey, like, you can spend 30 minutes, 30 minutes on a creative project you have. 
because um, he was just having, you know, especially with COVID, it was, you know, a lot of people are, you know, struggling with depression and that sort of thing and, like, really the motivation to do shit. And so I was like, I know you can do 30 minutes, and you know that. And if you can't, that's fine. Set, a, set an even lower goal. But 30 minutes a week is definitely doable. And if you do more than 30 minutes, that's fantastic. But I think he was stressing out, like, I feel like I'm not spending enough time, I feel, and it's really just getting worse and worse on, you know, my mental health. And I'm like, you know what? That's why I say set a very realistic, easy goal for yourself. And 30 minutes a week is better than nothing. It's better than nothing. You know, uh, that's so what it is. Because when you tell people, oh, I set myself goals for reading or whatever, like that makes it sound like you're adding more stress to your mm -hmm. life. But it's not true. If I don't set any goals, I will spend all day on my phone or I'll be less organized, which means I end a day more frustrated and angry mm -hmm. and tired than if I just gave myself the nudge to do stuff that I know will make me happy. It's like, I mean, I never want to be that person telling people to exercise, but you know, it's it's the same thing of if you set a goal mm -hmm. to, you know, like move your body once yeah. in a while, that's not, that stops being a chore. Yeah, and I, it's, it, it's cool to hear you. Talk yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and like I said, I think the key is set a realistic goal. Cause I think people set goals that like, uh, that are just not achievable for them, and it's like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna fail, and you're gonna feel bad about it, and then you're gonna stop. It's like, so you have to set something that you can do, with that you know you can do, and then if you do it again, that's better than nothing, right? It's hey, you either didn't do any work on your creative thing, or you didn't read at all, or you read a little bit, and, and it's something very important that you touched on. You know, I always, you know, everyone I've sort of. Uh, because I think another person was like, oh, I want to, like, you know, watch shows with my significant other, but I never feel like it. And I'm like, you know, I know you like watching stuff with your significant other. Just watch one, just watch one episode. Just one yes. episode. And if you want to watch more, watch more than one. But if you only watch one, because, you know, I think uh, their significant other was, like, you know, kind of feeling like, oh, I want to watch stuff, but they never want to watch stuff. But I know you like watching stuff with them, and I know it's hard to feel motivated to do this. So uh, the key that, that you're touching on is that when you start doing it, you're like, oh, yeah, I fucking love this. Oh, yeah, I love watching shows. Exactly. Oh, yeah, I love, exactly. uh, you know, uh, working on my creative thing or reading books or, you know, uh, stuff. It's just getting yourself to do it, which is way, way harder than, than it sounds because, you know, especially in these times. So I think that's a great uh great sort of thing because i have you know definitely lived by that philosophy as well it's for me i mean it kind of sort of goes with my sort of i have very obsessive sort of qualities about my personality but with that i think it, it, it use channeling that in a way that's kind of a little more productive for me and sort of exposing myself to more interesting things has been a, um, a good a good sort of a net gain for me i guess I know what you mean. And I think, yeah, it's the uh, same, especially when, it, when you're having rough days. You just think, okay, well, my, my plan for today is to bake a cake. Mm. And that's like, that's, that's, that's maybe as far as I go. But then you have other things where it's like, okay, and then you end up baking like six cakes. <laughs> that's the other thing. I'd be getting into moisture and baking. Um, but I did, I do remember in, uh, not remember, but I, in a lot of your videos, uh, cooking I've been noticing is a thing that you, that, that's like a whole, if you want to just talk about that a little bit. I, I, I you know, I, I, uh, I, I love cooking. Yeah. I do. I love it. I do it a lot. I'm kind of getting bored of it now. Mm. Um, just because you have to like do it 
you have to like make food every day at the moment. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I I really miss just being able to like buy a sandwich or something. I mean, you get takeaways and stuff like that, but I don't know, like. I, you know, living somewhere, I used to just be like, you know, I'm hungry now. I'm just going to pop out and you can have some food in your face within minutes was great. Um, but no, I, I'm really, I love it. I, I get quite obsessive about that really and, and reading up on it and uh, and learning the sort of science behind it all really, like understanding the properties of things and starting to understand how they interact and what you can do with them. Oh and... my God. You know, it's so, when you talk about the science, you just reminded me something. I've been talking to my friends about this. You know, everyone in our generation is going to grow up <clears throat> thinking that their parents cooking, well, some of you maybe, thinking your parents cooking is particularly mm. good. Have you two noticed a thing that if you get a bit geeky and study the science a little bit of how, like, you know, acid and umami and salt and stuff works, mm-hmm. you, when you talk to your parents about cooking, it's like they, it's such an easy way to improve your cooking. And the generation above us, in my experience, don't have half as much experience with it. Mm. Uh, yeah, sometimes. I think I think definitely like my mum is rubbish at explaining how to do stuff. Um, so she will do that. Like she'll be like, oh, you know, put a bit of lemon juice or some wine in it or whatever. But she won't explain why. Like um, I, only very recently I actually can decode her recipes like and work out how to use them because they're just they're irritatingly vague. Like one of them was like for a, a sort of sausage bread, which was like this sort of like lots of cooked sausages with onions and tomato and then like the bread kind of folded over in a lattice way and it's sort of like something you have sliced up kind of cold meat pastry thing but a recipe started just said make an enriched dough <laughs> and that was that was and that was all of the instruction for like how to do the bread part of a thing that is ostensibly bread mm. um but yeah it was the first time i looked at it and was like yeah okay I'll, I'll do that and it's like right uh, for years of just being like this isn't a recipe. This is a puzzle. <laughs> um, uh, to kind of circle back on what both of you said in that, uh, to go back to what you were saying, Quince, uh, I'm not white, so my mom uh, knows how to... No, okay, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what do you mean? you got to lay this out for So uh, as far as... Uh, my mom, uh, and everyone says this, but my mom is actually an excellent cook, uh, uh, especially with Korean cuisine, but... Um, uh, it's funny how you mentioned my like you know recipes. She just goes, oh I don't know, you just got a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and you just kind of you do it, and then yeah. and it's like no, please, I need to write this down, like I need to record this in some capacity. And she's gotten better about it, but um, uh, I think it all. And I'm the problem is oh, go- I'm getting like that mm. now though. I, the more you understand it, the more yeah. like. I don't really use recipes anymore. Um, I might sometimes. I've been using recipes for baking um, because Very precise. it's like kind of a science and I don't really understand it enough yet to go kind of off-piste. Although there was a patch where I was doing... I tend to do a lot like batch cooking where I might go into the kitchen and cook like two or three meals at sure. once. Um, and I do remember one day just trying to bake a cake whilst doing that and I'd kind of just gone into autopilot and then realized when I put it into the oven, I was like... You didn't follow a recipe for that, you know. <laughs> you just like put some stuff together, and it's like, yeah, it did not come out well. It's like you can't just by eye just chuck some stuff in, and uh, but everything else you kind of can. Um, um, now, my mom often describes it in ratios, right? It's more, it's it's not necessarily like a set, like you use this exactly this much, but it's like I don't know if you use this, then use this much of this about, you know. It doesn't have to be exact as long as the proportions and ratios are about right. Um, I mean, she also has, like, 
a PhD in food science, which I'm sure maybe like that might have I don't that like, <laughs> that'll, well, that'll, that'll do maybe it. My, do it. My comment earlier really couldn't have been uh, been better placed, could it? That's great. So, uh, so yeah, but um, I don't know. I I, I think with uh, her stuff, uh, it's it's yeah, it's 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 very good. Um, I do love getting into that like nerding out on that stuff though and realizing how things work and it's very satisfying when you then kind of apply that knowledge and and you know i think a lot of what puts people off cooking is is the fact that you can quite easily stumble onto recipes especially when there's like popular recipe books um like ottolenghi is a really good example i don't know if that's so big really known in the u.s Mm. um Uh. but that's definitely something in the uk that middle-class wankers such as myself talk about a lot oh, what, say and, that again um, some of those recipes are really simple ottolenghi Otto... you... uh... his most famous book is plenty i think they're really good recipes yeah. like it's a plenty really is uh, all about oh, it's, it's a book of vegetarian okay, okay. cooking where when you when you make it it feels like a, a astounding substantial meal like oh, you cool. know vegetables are plenty if you know what you're yeah, doing yeah 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 and no, i'm looking you up uh and those recipes are like great don't get me wrong Mm. but some of them are quite easy some of them are a big faff Mm. and often they will hinge on recipes which most people might not have just knocking around Mm. um which means it's great if you're going to go out and do this stuff but i think for a lot of people it's it's like that a lot of the time you get to a recipe and you go down and there's something you haven't got um and that's enough to be like oh well i can't make that but the wonderful thing is you don't have to be that good at cooking before you start to like once you know what these things are you can just work it out. You'd be like, all right, well, I don't have any of that, but I can put, if you understand like what that, like what the role of that ingredient is in the mm. meal, it's really easy to replace stuff. Sure, sure. And um, there's a recipe, a book actually by a baker called Dan Leopard, who's great. Um, he's got a book called Short and Sweet that I'm loving at the moment. And it's just broken into like bread, pastries, cookies, cakes, mm. little sweet things and pies and stuff. But each of the chapters before he gets to the recipes, he literally just breaks down the components of what these things are made of and explains the different things you can use for them and how that will affect the food and why you do stuff. And it's just amazing. Just be like, hey, it's cakes. It's like fats and talks about butter and then talks about lard and talks about oil and talks about all the different things they do and how you can interchange them. And just by reading that, it's like way better than just reading a recipe because you just then go, oh, I I get it now. Like it all makes sense. Yeah, Um, yeah. And I think that's a sign, you know, you know, I have a friend who's a very good cook and, you know, I think it's a, it's a sign where, you, you know, you don't have to follow a recipe because you know just from experience, right, after cooking so much, you know, oh, this is a replacement for this or oh, I can add more of this and it'll taste better. Uh, but I think, honestly, it's, you know, that's part of what makes pursuing any hobby deeper, more fun. It's like you, you know, I think when a lot of people, when you start out, it's like, hey, what are like the, let's say we talk about board games, right? And you go, okay, what are the be- board games that everybody recommends? And then you play all those, and you go, okay, now I'm going to sort of discover it on my own. And then you just you develop your own taste, and you develop your own expertise on what you like. And, you know, that I think that's always what makes any sort of, you know, new hobby or new um, interest more, more satisfying is when you uh, don't need to rely. I mean, you still, you know, take recommendations and stuff, of course, but it's like uh, you have a stronger sense of what you like and what you are able to do. Um, just through experience, which I, I find very uh, valuable. It's really nice in board games as well. One of the things I always um, say about them is that, <clears throat> in, creatively speaking, they are a lossless medium, which is a super wanky sentence. But what, what I mean is, whatever the designer designs, 
is what you get mm. in the box. And that's not true of video games. That's not true of movies. You know, those things pass through so many pairs of hands and there's so many compromises yeah. and, and uh, you know, decisions and exciting creative moments and, and failures along the way that what you get is probably not what was intended. But with board games, what the designer wants to make is what you mm. end up playing. And so you just, I don't know, it's really nice to feel like you get to know designers in that way. Yeah. And I think we've been doing Shut Up and Sit Down now for long enough that Matt and I feel like differently connected to different designers. Mm. Mm. Um, and it's always lovely. Like, We're lucky um, in our position that we get to meet a lot of these designers eventually. And, uh, it's and then you really understand the games better. Yeah, yeah, you kind of meet them and suddenly it all clicks into place. <laughs> and you, you, yeah, you, you, it's the final piece in the puzzle of like, what's the designer intending? And then you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, this is you. Yeah, um, yeah. And often the best designers, you meet them and, and yeah, they're just, they are just reflections of their own games in a really cool way. Mm. Uh, yeah. And I, th- uh, speaking of, let's, let's kind of wrap it up here. I, I, you know, thank you very much for taking the time, but speaking of board games, uh, I, I highly recommend, uh, shut up and sit down. Uh, where can, uh, so everyone go check that out, but where can people find both of you? Uh, well, Shut Up and Sit Down is on YouTube. It's got a channel that's called Shut Up and Sit Down. We have a podcast that's on all good podcast players that's called Shut Up and Sit Down, the podcast. And it's like the video show, but we talk about bad games as well. <laughs> uh, and we stream on Twitch, on twitch.tv slash Shut Up and Sit Down. Every Tuesday, you can see uh, Matt and friends playing a digital board game, which is to say not an ideal <laughs> board game, but we sure. have a lot of fun. Uh, and are are you guys on the social medias uh, at all, or Matt? Do you want to? <laughs> well, wanna I mean, plug, yeah, like you socials. I guess we are. Like you know, it's like in terms of like our shut up and sit down stuff. It's just all like it's all just called shut up and sit down. Like I mean, Quinn's has sort of mostly given up Twitter, which I applaud. <laughs> um, I'm on it a lot, but I mean, it's mostly just me. Um, getting angry at our government uh so i mean if, if people are angry at the uk government then they can follow me on twitter uh, but <laughs> but if they follow me on twitter expecting me to talk about board games then yeah they're not really going to get much of that there this we've got quite a good pipeline for that already sure. so I, I tend to just vent all of the all of the bad gas <laughs> especially in these times but let's end on a positive note thank you very much you guys like uh this i uh, this has I been really, really fun. This I really enjoyed talking to you, and uh, you know, I would love to have you on again. This was a lot of fun, and uh, just you know, uh, again, big fan of your guys' work. So thank you very much for taking the time. Oh, thank you very much. You too. I'm looking forward to. It. Is there any update about the cow stuff? Any any cow mm, things? Uh, no. Uh, mm, stay tuned. I guess. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. I'll keep staying tuned, and eventually there will be cow sure. stuff. Hey, maybe Matt and I can watch uh, Chihayafuru and Kaiji and then get back to you and we can do like a book club talking about cool You know, anime. honestly, even if it's recorded or not, I would genuinely like love to hear because I have never struck out with Chihayafuru. Everyone I've recommended it to has loved it. Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on either. So, I'll check it so out. Like, hit, yeah, check hit it me out. Up, but otherwise, thank you guys. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you.